So, yeah, so let's just get started into the Word and just see what God's going to do today. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to get to be here together, just to come together in unity, to just um, receive from you, and also just be able to come in and use our giftings and callings for each other, and just continually to build the kingdom, bring unity, hear what you're saying, and going out and preach the gospel. So we just thank you, Lord, that you've made us part of that family. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to talk about not making sequels. Sometimes I like sequels, but you ever watch those movies and they're like, okay, we used to watch this, Layla, when she was little. I was pregnant, and I had terrible pregnancy. So I was like, okay, she's two. Guess what she's going to do? She's watching TV 24-7 because I can't get up. There is this show, and some of you guys are going to know it. It's, it's a cartoon, and it's called The Land Before Time. Do you know how many? There's like Land Before Time 573. I don't know. It, it was like, there are so many of them. And like after the first one, you're like, how come Littlefoot never gets bigger? Like it's the same. Like what's going on here? Um, you know, and so I was thinking about sequels. Like sometimes it's okay if it's good things you want sequels, but they always had drama. Like they're getting stuck in tar pits and stuff. I'm like, let's not do this again. Like, you know, Sarah, she's a triceratops. She's always getting stuck in the tar pits stay away from there like I was you know I'm thinking so I'm like can we not do the same thing over and over again so I'm going to be talking about that I'm going to talk about not having sequels in our lives you know because a sequel is a continuation of a story or or an existing theme so I started thinking about you know thinking about right now let's we're going to take this moment think about stories and themes in your life right now that you really love I, like for me, I, I love having healthy connections in my household. That's a theme I want to continue. Like with my grandkids, with other people, like I want that, I like that. I want there to be a lot of sequels to that. Like, see what I said, grandkids, generation, I want there to be a lot of sequels to that. <laughs> you know, in the future, out. Um, but what I'm saying is those are, that's something good. I want, you know, I want the land before time experience there. <laughs> You know, for my household, you know, what? Yeah. I mean, I only got two grandkids. I only got two kids, so. I, don't know, my, I mean, my grandma and grandpa had um, three children, and I think they had, like, 36 grandkids or something, and then great-grandkids. Like, my mom and dad had nine, and they only got 21, so they didn't really get a great return um, for that, so. <laughs> So it can happen. Maybe less is more. I'm not sure. We'll see how that works out. We'll let, we'll let God decide. You know, you guys think the Lord about that, and I'll, I'll pray, you know. But I will tell you, I will get Sue praying every time. She told me, she's, you know, she prayed. She's like, you're going to have sons, you know, soon. And then, of course, my girls are, like, going to get married. Said, That's the sons. Quit praying them. We have a baby. You know, I told her a while back. I said, the Lord, when, when my girls get married, that's my sons. Don't be praying for no more babies in this womb. God says it's close for right now. And hopefully, I'm never going to tell God no, because then he'll be like, ha um, you know, right? So, Lord, whatever you want, but please want, don't want that for me. For me. If you want it, I will, I will get her praying. That's what she does. You want a baby? Go see that woman. She will be praying for you. So, now that we've talked about that, but those are things, themes that we love. Themes that we love. We all have these things like, I want more of this in my life. How many of you guys like it when you can pay all your bills on time? I want more of that, right? Like, when you go to get a raise, you're like, I like this theme. Like, how do we keep this going? 
How many of you guys like when you open the fridge, there's something in there? I like that. Do you know they have blueberries 99 cents at Myers? You know how many I bought? It was an excessive amount. <laughs> excessive amount. I was like, it just feels good. I'm like, I don't care if that's the only thing in my fridge. Just open it. It just, fe- you know, I'm like, I'll keep that theme going. I like good things. I like to feel like there's provision. I like that theme. So we have things that, yeah, we want to see that over and over in our lives. But then I thought, what are some themes or stories of our life that we really don't like? But we keep living them. We seem to do that, don't we? You know? Um, oh, gosh, I wasn't going to tell this story. but So I had a niece, and she, I don't know, it was, she was probably like two years old. And I had met Matt, and like, he didn't even marry me yet. And I'm like, oh, great, now he's never going to marry me. That's crazy. Like, okay, so I was like, you just got to see my whole family. You got to see it right now. And, you know, I give you one chance. If you don't leave now, you're stuck forever. <laughs> that was literally, I was like, Lord, like, why are you having him come pick me up in my house? Don't do this. So my sister was staying with us, and she had a two-year-old. And, of course, this kid runs in. She grabs, like, a gallon of chocolate milk off the thing, spills it all over the floor. Okay? And all of a sudden, then she looks at me, and she just runs right through it. You know what happens? She slips and falls. I'm like, stop. I pick her up. I'll put her on the carpet, you know? I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? So I go back to get the mop. I come back. She's running back through it. She fell again. This happened a half a dozen times. And she is falling and getting hurt. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep moving over here and walking through this chocolate milk? Like, hello, why are you replaying that? <laughs> like, for me, I'd be like, I fell once. I probably didn't even get up yet. We're fine. Like, but why play that over and over? When you could have waited, like, you know, two minutes and have been cleaned up, would have got you a cup of milk, would have been all right. Why are you running through that mess over and over? And then you're upset because you keep falling. You know, she's crying. I'm like, I don't care that you're crying. Because you know what? You ran through there six times. But we do that, right? And then we go to people and we're like, oh, it's so hard. And they're like, well, why did you just keep doing that? But if they say that to you, be like, they're judging me. Look at them, and then we're judging them for judging us. And, you know, but if they say, hey, you know, if you just don't run through the mouth, just wait a minute, you'll be all right. And they're like, you can't tell me I can't run through that. We do that, and then we're mad because we're playing this terrible sequel over and over in our lives. Has anyone ever done that in an area of your life? I have. I want less of those, you know, more of those good ones. So... You know, we, maybe it's, you know, living in lack or in poverty, and then we just keep making that, that same decisions. Like, you know, if, if you first didn't have good financial decisions, and then you just keep doing the same thing, like, I make $500 a month, and I spend $600 every month, and you know what, I'm going to keep doing that. You need math. You know what I mean? That, that's not working. So don't think the next week, if I'll just, this week it'll be better. I'll just pray. God. And God's like, I provided you with 500 bucks. But you keep going and take it, you know, things like that. Maybe we've lived in poverty and we keep doing the same things and it keeps us in that spot. Does that make sense? Or, or maybe poverty is like, hey, I provided you six jobs, but you're like, I don't like any of those. I'm waiting. I'm holding out, like Matt always says, for management. And God's like, you're going to be holding out for a long time. First be last, last be first. Come on, let's know what God's word says. You know, maybe it's that constant hassle of busyness. You can never do anything because you're like, I'm just so busy, I'm so busy, because you speak that into your life. My mom always told me, she said, if you want something done, you ask a busy person, they know how to handle their life. You know, you never ask the people to have one or two things going, you ask the people who have 10, 20 things going. They know how to make room. 
They know how to make room. I think that she knew that because she had nine children. <laughs> you got, she knew how to make room. We live in a three-bedroom house, guys. She knew how to make room. You got bunk beds, a trundle bed that pulls out. I was always terrified because I had to sleep on the trundle bed. And my brothers were like, I'm going to come in in the night. I'm going to push that under the bed. <laughs> so I was terrified to sleep in trundle. I never got a trundle for my kids because it was terrifying. We did have one little pull-out thing, but I was always like, that. it just made me scared. I mean, even now, I'm like, I'm not sleeping on a trundle bed. I don't care. Brothers. Well, yeah. I, I have a lot of, you're right, I need lots of healing. I had four brothers. It's going to take a while. Um, no, they, they, it was just brothers. But, you know, things like that, like maybe it's this constant busyness and, and, and hassle of, of struggle, you know, juggling everything. And you always, at the end of the week, you're so exhausted that you're trying to catch up. And then you never catch up. And then it starts again. And then you just do it all over, over and over again. If someone's like, hey, you want to go out to lunch? Oh, I just can't. I just got so many things to do. And it's like, well, did you ask God if you were supposed to go out to lunch with them? If you were supposed to make room? If you were supposed to make time for that? No, we got to get what we want done, right? And then it seems like we're always just running in that circle. Because God's like, you know, I have a way to get off of that. But we just keep playing it over and over. You know, what about things, you didn't like the way you were raised, but then you're raising your kids the same way? How many have done that you say, I'm never going to do that? And every time I tell, I just feel like any time I say that, like, I'm never going to do that, I find myself in that position, I'm like, Lord, what in the world am I doing? And God's like, you know, reminds me, you know, be careful what you speak out of, out of your mouth. But, you know, we, let's say that we say, I'm not going to spank my kids, you know, because I was spanked. And then we do that. And then we're wondering why we're getting the same result with our children, right? And that's just an example. And I'm not, I'm not advocating for or against spanking, like, okay. But what I'm saying is, if we didn't like that, why are we playing it over? Why are we making it generational, you know, thinking that we're going to get a better outcome this time? Maybe, you know, it's, it's running to others to meet your needs first, looking for that validation, that acceptance. You know, maybe it's like depression and sickness. Like we just keep going, you know, to all these things over and over, and we're like, well, they had it, my, my family, that just runs in my family, and we just speak that right into our life, don't we? And we're like, I just can't do it because, you know, i got to be a victim. I don't know how to be anything else. Well, God says you're a victor, doesn't he? He doesn't say you won't deal with those things, that they won't come on you, that you won't have attack. But he does say that you're a victor. You know, you have victory in Christ. And so sometimes we're playing these themes over and over in our lives, and we hate them. Why are we writing sequels to stories we didn't like the first time around? Why are we doing that? Like, when you, when you hear that back, you're like, why do I do that? But then, you know what, sometimes we'll just leave and do it again. So we got to know, what story do we want to have? If we want a different story, if we want a better ending, if we want a new theme over our life, we must go to the creator of all things. We can't create a new story. We can't create new themes. God can. He is the only one that creates. He's the only one that creates. He is the creator. You know, the devil, he can copy, he can deceive, but he can't create. He can come in and try to steal creation, you know, things like that. He'll, he'll take those thought things and, and put a lie around it, deception, but he can't create. He can't make a world. You know, he can't speak light and there'll be, there it is. He can't do that. So if we want something to be different, if we need a new story for our life, if we need a new lifestyle, a new theme of our life, we've got to go to the one who can create it. 
We got to go to the one who can create it. We can't create that. We can't. God can. So I'm going to go all the way back to Genesis, okay? So if you want to go with me, I'm going to be in Genesis 2. In Genesis 2.15, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. That's good. But you must not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you will certainly die. So God created a story. He said, this is how it's going to be. If you eat it, you're going to die. Okay. So, that was the rule, the law. Everything is yours, but don't eat, don't eat this, you're going to die. So then we see in Gen. So we know that Adam and Eve, they didn't trust God. I'm going to do it my way. They're going to run through that chocolate milk, aren't they? You can't tell me. And so we see that, and then we jump down to Genesis 3, and it says in 8, verse, starting in verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard, so this is after they already ate of it, and they're like, Oh, no, we shouldn't have done that. You know, and then instead of coming clean, they're like, How do we lie about it more? So they're figuring this out, and it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Whose story are you playing out? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, that woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit and from that tree, and I ate it. Come on, Adam. I mean, are we really that scary? Don't answer that. (laughs) I'm just joking. But Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this. This is where God said, We're not going on that theme anymore. You're not going to die. I am changing. I am creating something new. Do you realize right here, he told the enemy first. He said, oh, you thought that you were going to kill them. You thought that this was going to happen because you're not a creator. You don't get to choose the themes. So he looked at the devil and he said, he said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her offspring and hers will crush your head and will strike his heel. He said, everything you meant to do, we're changing the story. There ain't going to be a sequel where every time it's just going to be this toiling and, and, and you know what, you're just going to speak to every creation I do and it's going to end up going to hell and, and being deceived. No, 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 no. I'm changing the story. So right there, way back, God said, we're not going on this theme. We're not doing this over and over. He said, I'm going to send basically his son. We know he's talking about Jesus there. And he said, and that's going to be the end of you. God changed the theme from death to life right there. It wasn't even, the theme was changed before, you know, years, years, years before the cross ever was put up. Do you guys see that? The theme was changed right here. The theme of the cross came in right there, right there. You know, that's amazing. We see the cross all the way back in Genesis. 
You know, he could have easily said, you know what, that's the law. You know, I got to strike you down. You're done. You know, he could have done that. But he said, no, 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 I'm changing the story. Not, we're taking it from death. We're moving it to life. You know, and, and he said, here's a way you, that you can break the curse of the law, you know, from death to life. He gave them wisdom. He gave them Jesus. He said, it's coming. You know, hold my word. God's like, we're not doing that story anymore. We're not doing, you know, I look at it and say, we're going from what God first did with him. He said, don't do this, this, and this, do this, this, and this, right? God moved it from a um, theology of obedience, just I'm God and you listen to me and I'm big and you're small and I'm smart and you're dumb. God moved it from just being obedience to love. And he said, if I move it to love, obedience will follow. You ever notice that? If you, if you lead with love, obedience happens. If you leave with obedience, rebellion happens. I always, when parents go, you need to obey, and I thought, oh, how's that going to work? I'm always like, that's a bummer. Because I see how that story goes. Lying, hiding from your parents, doing things, you know, that you shouldn't do, trying to get away with it, keeping secrets. Because God showed us that if you lead with obedience, the deceiver is always waiting. But if you lead with love, it brings life. So God changed it. Not that we should never be obedient. Like, if your parents say, do your chores, you should do your chores. <laughs> I'm not saying like that, but what, if we think obedience should override love, God showed us right there that love, even over, you know, even override rode them being obedient to him. Did you see that? Like, he had the right... And it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been sin or anything if he would have said, you're done right there, right? He gave them warning. He said, don't do this, and you did it. He told them what would happen. He didn't, you know, try to go around or anything, but he said, you know what? That's why we need a Savior, because of love. So he changed the story. I mean, when you look at that, like, from these laws to this love, that's amazing. That's amazing. Then he sent Jesus, and he created that new covenant, that new relationship, you know, from that story of rebellion and tragedy and cursing to a story of life and love and abundance. How many of you guys want, like, stories? We've been watching movies, and I'll tell you, sometimes we get so mad because it ends so terrible. I'm like, I want to feel good at the end. This is not real life. It is a movie or a book. I don't, I want to feel good. Do you know what I mean? So if there's a movie that tries to end, like, on this dark note, I'm like, nope, never watching that. Not watching anything that this person ever makes. Not reading that anymore. Because, you know what, this is my time for enjoyment, and I want to feel good at the end. Like, you know, it's, it, we watch an apocalyptic one. I'm like, do they make it? At the end, we watch this one, and you don't know. It just leaves them driving with, like, a big storm coming behind them. I'm like, do they make it or not? You know, I was like, I hate this show. I need to see them, like, a year from now, they're living good, like, they knew exactly what to do. They, you, know, that's, you know, that's what I want. I want that, that, the love and abundance. I don't want, I want to feel good. I want to feel, you know, I want to know. And it's like God says, you can. You can know. You know, I don't want a story that constantly is ending in tragedy. I want to know that there may be tragedy in the middle of it. You know, like the middle of a book, it's like, oh, no, what's going to happen in the end? It's so good. We, guess what, God's like, I already showed you the end, the complete. You know what's going to happen. You win. It's good. You're in heaven. You have eternity. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. Like, the cross is for every generation. And it's like, whew. 
don't have to go back to those old stories. I don't have to go back to like, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, you know, no, whatever happens in the middle, you know that Jesus, Jesus is the ending. So in Acts 2, it says, 21, it says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. He said, this is for every single person. You are not exempt. There is nothing that you have done or could do that, that could permanently take you out of the will of God. It says, if you call on the name of the Lord. So there is something you have to do. It says, you have to call on the name of the Lord. I love when you said, I asked the Lord. You had to call him and say, okay, God, this stuff's available to me. But i got to ask you. i got to call on the name of the Lord. You know, call on his name and we'll be saved. That's what we need to realize, that you know, he sent Jesus. Jesus is a new story. If we want a new story, we got to make sure that, you know, we know what the cross, what happened on the cross, who Jesus is, who he is in our life, what he's done for us. That old story, that old theme of sin and death is replaced by that new story of everlasting life. Everlasting life, guys. It doesn't matter what the enemy comes attacking you with. It doesn't matter if your body is broken. It doesn't matter if, if your flesh, you know, we die on this earth in our flesh. We have everlasting life. That was not always true. Before Jesus, that wasn't always true, was it? New story. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, I want to be in Christ. They are a new creation. New creation has come. You are not anything like the old. You're a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. And that's what we have to look like and say, Okay, Lord, what does this look like? What does my story look like? My story looks very different than generations in my, that come from my family line. I was talking to some of my siblings, and they're like, we just don't like you because we don't like you do church stuff. And I thought, good. If everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. That's true. If you've got to be everyone's friend, you're probably going to be doing a lot of things wrong. Because, you know, people who don't want Jesus, who, who keep other people from the kingdom, who blaspheme his name and, and, and speak against the Holy Spirit, guess what? I don't want to be known as a friend of them, right? Not everyone should like you. So I thought, man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Because if people don't like me, they also don't like Jesus. And guess what? I know that victory is over here with Jesus, so I'm going to stay with him. You know what I mean? I'm going to stay with him. I want my story to look like that. I have everlasting life. I have joy, peace, and abundance over here, so I'm doing well. So I spoke about the power of the cross last week. Do you guys remember that? Some things that we have the power over the natural world. We have power over sickness and disease and the supernatural world and, obviously, death. That's where we come in with the everlasting life. You know, and that power was released because of the cross. We have to get that that is the new story. That is the story we live. That means we actually have to live it in our lives. Other people cannot see that story if we're not living it, right? If we're running back to that old thing and, and living in those sequels over and over of this pain and cursing and disease and death, and we're trying to tell people about the cross, they can't see it in our old story because Jesus isn't there. He's not in that, that death and, and destruction and cursing. He doesn't live there. He can't. He can't. 
I don't like the sequel. I gotta quit writing the same story. I don't like being lonely. I don't like my marriage. I'm depressed. We always seem to have lack. Well, where are you going for that stuff? You went to God's word. God, what do I need to change? You know, what is what does abundance look like in, in to God? Okay? He says be a good giver. And then I'm always like, I can't even give a dollar to the to, to anybody else because I need it. And God's like, Well, well you do need it. <laughs> because you know that God's not like that. He's generous, right? We know that. So if we're wondering why is this keep happening, why why am I always in this this place, in this state, in this area of, you know, why am I always lonely? Well, do I have Jesus living in me? Have I actually accepted him in my heart? Because when you have Jesus, you're never, you might have feel lonely in moments, but you're never alone. You are never alone. Especially, you'll know you're never alone when you're doing something you shouldn't do. The Holy Spirit's like, hello. <laughs> Just let you know, we don't do that. <laughs> you ever had that? You know, you're like, I know I'm saved. How do you know? Trust me. Anytime, you know, it's kind of like you try to do it and you can't. It's like, I can't do this. Because that's the Holy Spirit. Because he's like, oh, you know, you accepted us. You gave your life. This is a new life. We don't do those things. Oh, man. You know, if I'm sick, do I run to doctors and say, oh, no, I don't know what's wrong with me? Do I run to these medical sites? Do I go to other people first and say, I don't know, it's probably this. Uh, You know what I mean? Instead of saying, hey, the cross paid for this. I should probably ask God what he'd like me to do here. Could be something simple. Hey, take this. It's going to be fine. You're not going to have any side effects. It's going to be great. You know, it could be, you know what? I just want you to pray, and you wake up, and tomorrow it says, you know, your healing will come. In Joel, it says your healing will come forth speedily. So, you know, I want you to pray. You may go to bed sick, but you will wake up whole. Okay, I'll do that. Whatever it is. You know, maybe maybe God's saying go to the doctor. Maybe he's like, you know what? I gave this doctor wisdom. I'd like you to go to this doctor this time at this place. Or, hey, this person's went through that. I've already given wisdom. Ask them because they need to share their testimony about how, you know, what I did for them. Great. You know, maybe get instant healing. Whatever it is, when we go to God first, it's always going to be a success story. You know, I was I was speaking to my daughter the other day, and we were just talking, and she's taking all these like psychology classes and classes like that study the the mind and and um, human emotion, the human condition. You know, which is good because you know God created it. It's I like to know things. So, and she said to me, she was saying, she said, do you know that once someone is diagnosed with an illness, they begin to present more symptoms? And I thought, I didn't know that. Once you start speaking that that is in you, we create more and more symptoms. And I thought, that is in a, not the, you know, I'm, you look, that is in science, secular world, basically saying that. And I thought, whoo! They don't even know they're preaching for Jesus while they're writing these books. And she said that's why people, when we were talking specifically about like mental illness, the depression and stuff, it's like people that sometimes get into depression, it's hard to get out because all of a sudden they start manifesting it more and more. And so then they're like, oh, I got to take more medicine, I got to do this. And it actually presents symptoms. And I thought, whew, that's like, I'm thinking, I should know that. Like that should be, but it was just really, um, I couldn't believe that she's like, yeah, that, that's in my, you know, college, you know, classes. That's what they're teaching us. And I thought, oh, they don't even know they're teaching the word of God um, right there. Because, you know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
You know, if we go to the world first, they tell us what we have and, and um, how it should be. If we go to the world first, because all they can give you is natural, what is in the natural. You know what? If, if this happens, this happens, because that's all we've seen in the natural, right? They don't have any supernatural answers. That's why we got to go to God first and say, okay, you created the natural, and we can have authority there. You also created the supernatural, and we can have authority there. You know, because we know that we create things with our words. That is, you know, from Genesis to Revelations, we see God has that theme in there. You want to create, you want to create something good? Speak something good. So, I'm going to tell you guys a story about my life. So, a few weeks ago, I found a lump. And I was like, oh man. I thought, this is not good. And I thought, you know what? Should I go to the doctor? Like, I probably should go to the doctor right away, right? That's what they teach you, especially for women. We're taught, you say that you get to the doctor immediately. And I thought, so I said, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do. And this phrase popped in my head. I love how God, he says, ain't no thing. And I said, okay. So then I go to Matt and I said, hey, Matt, I have this lump. Do you think I should go to the doctor? You know, God already told me, but then I was like, you know, I'll just see what he says. See if he's hearing from the Lord. <laughs> so I love this. And he says, don't even worry about it. Don't even acknowledge it. That's what he said. Like, he said, don't even, don't even acknowledge it or talk about it or touch it for a few days. He said, I believe that it's going to be gone and it's nothing. So basically, he said the same thing God said. So then I thought, okay, I'm not even... So, and, and, and because I went to the Lord and I said, okay, God, whatever it says, I trust you. And so God gave me supernatural, like this, I didn't even think about it. So it was like over a week and, and I didn't even give it a thought. And Matt goes, hey, you still got that lump? And I said, I don't know. So I, I got to go check. And I was like, oh, no, I don't. I mean, God not only gave me that don't even worry about it, God gave me the ability to not even bring it to mind. Not even bring it to mind and give a foothold for the devil. Because if I would have been there every day, oh, my God, oh, my gosh, like, oh, it could be this and this and that. And you know what I mean? I probably would have created something. I probably would have ran to the doctor and they would have been like, oh, yeah, you know that's serious. What story did I believe? And so, you know, we've been trained to, to do it this way, and, and we got to go see doctors. we got to do this first. And I look, I had a pastor friend a few years ago, and it popped into my head after this, this lump was gone, and he, the same thing happened to him. And he goes on, and he says, hey, will you guys pray for me? I found this lump. But the difference is, he says, I feel that it's going to be really bad. And I thought, ooh. He, he did pass within that year. And I thought, that same fear, the enemy, enemy, he doesn't play fair. You guys have to realize the enemy doesn't play fair. You give him one word, he's going to go running with it. I teach that in Love and Logic with the kids. You say, I know, it's a bummer, nice try, because any other word you say in there, the more words you use, the more they're going to have ammunition against you. You think the enemy doesn't do that? He is not playing fair. He's not saying, oh, you're just scared or worried. I'll come after you tomorrow. He doesn't do that, does he? No. See, and that is the difference. And, you know, I look and it's like, praise God that that man is a, uh, was a man of God. You know, he, he has a attorney in heaven. 
Like God even used all of that for blessing to to move him in to you know different areas and so I'm very thankful that you know God even in the midst of what the enemy was doing God said there is going to be victory in this you know so so in that but I thought I could have been in that same spot Lord I could have been in that same spot and not because I'm better or anything like that just the fact that I said I just got to go to the cross first I got to go to Jesus and say Okay, I didn't want to. I wanted to be like, huh, you know what I mean? But I thought, I have to. My life depends. I've had enough crazy sicknesses in my life that I've learned I've got to go to the cross first. I've got to. And it's just realizing, like, I don't want that story. I want what Jesus gave us on the cross. I want, you know, to be, have power over the natural and the supernatural and, and pain and disease and, and sickness and, and even death. You know, that is what we need to realize. So even if there's just this little, there is a battle that we lose with the story. So even if you lose a battle, we have to realize it doesn't matter because I'm always going to be victorious because, you know what, there is no final death for us. So even if you did lose a battle and you said, you know, I played that sequel like for 10 years. (laughs) Okay, well, don't make it 11, right? Don't make it 11. We can say, you know, I lost that battle. I went against this. The enemy just attacked me. Yeah. Maybe he did, but God says it doesn't matter. You may break their body. You know, you look at Job, look at all the stuff that he went through, and God says, but he still had victory. He still had victory. It doesn't mean he didn't have pain, that he didn't have, you know, loss, but God says he's still going to come out victorious. And that's what we have to realize. But for me, I'm going to do as much as I can to fight every battle. I'm not just going to give it to the enemy like, oh, you're picking on me. Oh, I don't like this. Why is this happening to me? If God is good. Whenever I find myself there, I know I'm in sin. If I have to question whether God is good, you know right there, slap yourself in the face and get yourself woke up. If you need to ask if God is good, you don't know his character. You don't know him. And you just say, how did the enemy get me here? You know, I might whine to God, like, God, I don't like this. I don't like the enemy's doing. But I don't want to say, God isn't good. God put something terrible on me. God did that. If we do that, we need to realize, I need to renew my mind because God is always good. That was for somebody today. I want this story, and I think you guys do too, I want this story of everlasting life. I want the testimonies that even when I go through these hard things, through pain and and, and suffering, that I can look to the cross and, and, and I can speak what is true. You know, this sucks, but how do you want me to go through it, God? You know? I don't like this. It's not fair. I have been serving you, and then everything is going wrong. And God said, yeah, my son went through that too. That gets me. Because I think sometimes we forget what Jesus really went through. And we're like, well, I want everything that Jesus has. (laughs) Do you? Are you ready for that? You know, Job, he could have went through it differently. And we probably wouldn't have had the book of Job in God's word, would we? If he would have made some different choices. You know, you look at Joseph, you know, in prison, it could have went way different. It could have went way different. 
We look at Paul. We wouldn't even have most of the New Testament if Paul would have said, I want to stay in my old story, in the old story, where you know what? I want to be like the Romans and I want to persecute Christians and I want to hunt them down and murder them. And this is what I like to do and I would like to stay here. Most of us wouldn't even know about Christ if, it hadn't, if Paul hadn't said, no, I want a new story. And he had to give up a lot to walk in that new story. You know, he, he, he said, okay, I'm going to give up this where I'm in this place of authority to where now people are going to be hunting me down, who are going to beat me, who are going to break my body. I mean, if you have a good life where it's like I'm in charge, I make a lot of money, and God's like, let's get rid of all of that. Now you're going to be going here and you're going to be hunted and hated. So good. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound like a great trade, but then Paul, you know, I mean, he had Christ. He had Christ. So even when it looks bad, I think, man, what story are we going to choose? We, we can't continue to create sequels to a story we hate. We want a new story, which is life and, and life everlasting. So, All right, let's pray.